When I was young, I loved playing sports and have many memories of those days, but not all of them were pleasant. I remember one day after my football team lost a tough game. I came home feeling discouraged. My mother was there. She listened to my sad story. She taught her children to trust in themselves and each other, not blame others for their misfortunes, and to give their best effort in everything they attempted. When we fell down, she expected us to pick ourselves up and get going again. So the advice of my, that my mother gave me then wasn't altogether unexpected. It stayed with me all the rest of my life. Joseph, she said, come what may and love it. I have often reflected on that counsel. I think she meant that every day has peaks and shadows and times when it seems that the birds don't sing and bells don't ring. In spite of discouragement and adversity, those who are happiest seem to have a way of learning from difficult times, becoming stronger, wiser, and happier as a result. There may be some who think general authorities rarely experience pain, suffering, or distress, if only they were true. While every man and woman on this stand today has experienced an abundant measure of joy, each has also drunk deeply from the cup of disappointment, sorrow, and loss. The Lord, in His wisdom, does not shield anyone from grief or sadness. For me, the Lord has opened the windows of heaven and showered blessings upon me and my family beyond my ability to express. Yet, like everyone else, there have been times in my life when it seemed that the heaviness of my heart might be greater than I could bear. During those times, I think back on those tender days when my youth, when great sorrows came at the end of losing a football game. How little I knew then what awaited me in later years. But whenever my steps led through seasons of sadness and sorrow, my mother's words often came back to me, come what may and love it. How can we love days that are filled with sorrow? We can't, at least not for the moment. I don't think my mother was suggesting that we suppress discouragement or deny the re reality of pain. I don't think she was suggesting that we smother unpleasant truths beneath a cloak of pretended happiness. But I do believe that the way we react to adversity can be a major factor in happy and successful we can be. If we approach adversities wisely in our hardest times, we can be times can be of greatest growth, which in turn can lead towards times of greatest happiness. Over the years, I have learned a few things that have happened and helped me through times of testing and trial. I'd like to share with you a few of them. The first thing we can do is laugh. Have you ever seen an angry driver who, when someone else makes a mistake, reacts as though that person has insulted his honor? his family, his dog, and his ancestors, <laughs> all the way back to Adam? <laughs> or have you an encounter with an overhanging cupboard door left open at the wrong place and the wrong time, which has been cursed, condemned, and avenged by a sore-headed victim? 
There is an antidote for times such as these. Learn to laugh. I remember loading up our children in a station wagon and driving to Los Angeles. There were at least nine of us in the car, and we would invariably get lost. Instead of getting angry, we laughed. Every time we made a wrong turn, we laughed harder. <laughs> getting lost was not an unusual, unusual occurrence for us. Once, while heading south to Cedar City, we took a wrong turn and didn't realize it until two hours later we saw we welcome to Nevada signs. <laughs> we didn't get angry. We laughed. And as a result, anger and resentment rarely resulted. Our laughter created cherished memories for us. Remember when our daughter went on a blind date, which we really didn't approve? She was all dressed up and waiting for her date to arrive when the doorbell rang and walked a man who seemed a little old, but she tried to be polite. She introduced him to me and my wife and the other children. Then she put on her coat and went out the door. We watched as she got into the car, but the car didn't move. Eventually, our daughter got out of the, out of the car, red-faced, and ran back into the house. The man she thought was her blind date had actually come to pick up another of our daughters who had agreed to be a babysitter for him and his wife. <laughs> we all had a good laugh over that. In fact, we couldn't stop laughing. Later, when our daughter's real blind date showed up, I couldn't come out to meet him because I was still in the kitchen laughing. Now I realize that our daughter could have felt humiliated and embarrassed, but she laughed with us, and as a result, we still laugh about it today. The next time you're tempted to groan, you might try to laugh instead. It will extend your life and make the lives of all those around you more enjoyable. The second thing we can do is seek for the eternal. You may feel singled out when adversity enters your life. You shake your head and wonder, why me? But the dial on the, on the wheel of sorrow eventually points, points to each of us. At one time or another, everyone must experience sorrow. No one is exempt. I love the scriptures because they show examples of great and noble men and women, such as Abraham, Sarah, Enoch, Moses, Joseph, Emma, and Brigham. Each of them experienced adversity and sorrow that tried, fortified, and refined their characters. Learning to endure times of disappointment, suffering, and sorrow is part of on-the-job training. These experiences, while often difficult to bear at the time, are precisely the kinds of experiences that stretch our understanding, build our character, and increase our compassion for others. Because Jesus Christ suffered greatly, understand, He understands our suffering. He understands our grief. So we experience hard things that we, too, may have increased compassion and understanding for others. Remember the sublime words of the Savior to the prophet Joseph Smith when he suffered with his companions in smothering darkness of Liberty Jail. My son, peace be unto thy soul. Thine adversity and thine afflictions shall be a small moment. And then, if thou endure it well, God shall exalt thee on high. 
Thou shalt triumph over all thy foes. With that eternal perfection, Joseph took comfort from these words, and so can we. Sometimes the very moments that seem to overcome us with suffering are those that will ultimately suffer us to overcome. The third we can do is to understand the principle of compensation. The Lord compensates the faithful for every loss. That which is taken away from those who love the Lord will be added unto them in his own way. While it, may not, while it may not come at a time we desire, the faithful will know that every tear today will eventually be returned a hundredfold with tears of rejoicing and gratitude. One of the blessings of the gospel is the knowledge that when the curtain of death signals the end of our mortal lives, will come on the other side of the veil. There we will be given new opportunities. Not even death can take from us the eternal blessings promised by a loving Heavenly Father. Because Heavenly Father is merciful, a principle of compensation prevails. I have seen this in my own life. My grandson Joseph has autism. It has been heartbreaking for his mother and father to come to grips with the implications of this affliction. They knew that Joseph would probably never be like other children. They understand what that might mean, not only for Joseph, but for the family as well. But what a joy he has been to us. Autistic children often have a difficult time showing emotion. But every time I'm with him, Joseph gives me a big hug. While there have been challenges, he has filled our lives with joy. His parents have encouraged him to participate in sports. When he first started to play baseball, he was in the outfield. But I don't think he grasped the need to run after loose balls. He thought of a much more efficient way to play the game. When a ball was hit in his direction, Joseph watched it go by, then pulled another baseball out of his pocket <laughs> and threw that one to the pitcher. Any reservations that his family may have had in raising Joseph any sacrifice they may have had compensated tenfold. Because of this choice spirit, his mother and father have learned much about children with disabilities. They have witnessed firsthand the generosity and compassion of families, neighbors, and friends. They rejoice together as Joseph has progressed. They have marveled at his goodness. The fourth thing we can do is put our trust in our Heavenly Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son. The Lord Jesus Christ is our partner, helper, and advocate. He wants us to be happy. He wants us to be successful. If we do our part, He will step in. He who descended below all things will come to our aid. He will comfort and uphold us. He will strengthen us in our weakness and fortify us in our distress. He will make weak things become strong. One of our daughters, after giving birth to a baby, became seriously ill. We prayed for her, ministered to her, and supported her the best we could. We hoped she would receive a blessing of healing, but days turned into months and months and turned into years. At one point, I told her that this affliction might be something she would have to struggle with the rest of her life. One morning, I remember pulling out a small card and threading it through my typewriter. Among the words that I typed for her were these, 
The simple secret is this. Put your trust in the Lord and do your best, then leave the rest to him. She did put her trust in God, but her affliction did not disappear. For years she suffered, in the due, and in the due course, the Lord did bless her, and eventually she returned to help. Knowing this daughter, I believe that even if she had never found relief, yet she would have trusted in her Heavenly Father, left the rest to Him. Although my mother has long since passed to her eternal reward, her words are always with me. I remember her advice to be given on that day long ago when my team lost a football game. Come what may and love it. I know why there must be opposition in all things. Adversity, if handled correctly, can be a blessing in our lives. We can learn to love it. As we look for humor, seek the eternal perspective, understand the principle of compensation, and draw near to the Lord. Heavenly Father, we can endure hardship and trial. We can say, as did my mother, come what may and love it. Of this I testify in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.